<laughs> Why did you have to do it I like don't know. <laughs> It's Joy, and this is the Joy of Social Work podcast. So, this is like very exciting because y'all remember back in the day in January when I told you I recorded an episode and it deleted, and I was so sad. Well, we're gonna do it again! Yay! Yay! <laughs> so, I am currently in Maryland and I am re recording. With my homie Key. Don't give him my location. Oh. <laughs> you know, like I didn't say your address. I didn't say what part now. I am in the DMV. Just kidding. This isn't Maryland. <laughs> Are we really gonna use this? We can take it out. Do you want to take no. it out? Okay. Hi, Joy. How you doing? I'm good. So this time, this is going to work. I swear it will. Positive vibes. Positive vibes. So some things have changed since we talked in January. So in January, our conversation was about um, not looking like what you've been through. And I kind of still want to talk about that. I do still want to talk about that with you because I think you have a great story and you like give me life all the time and you inspire me to keep going. Um... But, like, back then it was like you were looking for a job, or you had a job, but you were trying to find another job, and, like, things are different. So, what's going on? Things are different. I feel like January was so long ago. so long ago. Like, so much stuff has happened in life in general. Um, But, yeah, January, I was... Pretty fresh in field, social work field. Right, he is a fellow social worker. <laughs> trying to get my, trying to find my, you know, dream job with the with the bag. I didn't find a bag yet though, but, <laughs> but I, I think I stumbled on something pretty good. Okay. So right now I'm working um, as a social worker in DC with kids in foster care, which is like. Basically, like, when I decided I wanted to be a social worker, this is the job that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But, like, now that I'm doing the job, I'm like, why? Like... (laughs) (laughs) When you say why, what do you mean? Like, oh, my God, it's so hard. Like, you're responsible for everything. Everything is due. People are calling your freaking phone. You need to know everything all the time about everyone on your caseload. Yes, yes. You need to know, like, it's just, like... Going into it, so I guess we can kind of, like, jump into the story, if you will. Um, So, I wanted to, like, this is my dream job because I grew up in foster care in D.C. So, I was like, oh, you know, it had a really, it had an impact on me and I wanted to be able to, like, have that same impact on other kids in care. Mm -hmm. So, like, that was my, I guess, mindset going into it. Yeah. But, like, I didn't actually know what those social workers did like I just knew like they were social workers I had some pretty bomb social workers I'm like I'm gonna be a bomb social worker and now I feel like and now you're on the other side and you're like this is hard (laughs) not impossible but there's like challenges it's definitely it's a learning curve like Uh I have to learn and that's very difficult for me like not knowing how to do something is difficult for me because I don't want to ask for help because I'm just stubborn like that so now So now I'm really like having to like I guess social work myself like okay you look bruh you do not know how to do this just ask somebody for help because you are making this literally hard for yourself. 
So I've had a lot of those conversations mm-hmm. since starting this position. Um, Have you been more comfortable with asking for help? Uh, no, <laughs> not there. Do you need daily reminders I, to ask for help? I need daily. I need posts. Like I'm literally gonna like I had supervision last week, and I'm like I'm gonna put some posts on like around everywhere because I feel like. It's very difficult for me. Like, I just be like, I can do it. Like, I'll figure it out. But, like, figuring out takes 10 steps when if I ask somebody for help, it's two steps. Yeah. That's real. (laughs) So, I'm definitely learning that. And so, I've been doing this position since April. Well, technically, there was, like, a whole, like, month and some change of training. So, technically, I've been doing it, like actually having my caseload since june okay so i'm still very new like i'm just, just it's just, only it's only <laughs> august you are you can ask for help so it's a bunch of stuff that i don't know how to do so i have to like like yes this is the dream job that i wanted to wanted to do no it didn't really no i didn't expect it to be as much but also like it's okay mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's kind of like the conversation i'm having now like I want to do, like, I do want to do, like, I like the job. This is something I would definitely want to do. But, like, the difficulty of it can, like, get you discouraged. Like, right. I just want to go do something else. <laughs> like, like something that's easier. Right. Just not that, that anything in social work is really easy. Not that it's, it's easy, but, like, it is very much so a trap. <laughs> like, it's all a setup. Like, <laughs> as people who wouldn't do anything else. Right. We sound very, no, like, I, I would not, I would, no, I would not go to school for anything else. I would not no. do anything else. But I think But you that, have to be in it. Like, you can't right. have, like, you can't be like, I'm going to just go be a social worker. Like, it's not right. that kind of profession. Right. You cannot wake up on a Tuesday, like, <laughs> going to go be a social worker. No. You have to have, like, a very <laughs> let strong. Let me go get this master's real Right. Quick. Let me just go get this master's real quick. I think that if you have a very strong, like, why, like, most people who do social work, they have a very strong why. Like, this is very personal to me. Right. This is why I'm doing it. And that kind of pushes you through the hard times. So, mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, get, you know, very new, like, feel like a fish out of water 72% of the time. (laughs) So, it's going. So, that's definitely, I guess, the biggest change from January. You know, in January, I was working, like, a case manager position, like, not really social work. Like, literally anybody with a bachelor's could do that job. So, I was like, I have a master's. I'm better than this. I'm about to go find me a good job. (laughs) (laughs) I can do more. Now you're like, "Mm, I sure wish I could just... Listen, (laughs) that bachelor's level sounded real good. No, but you're doing what you... Where you supposed... I think you are where you're supposed to be. I think I am, too. I think that these are the lessons that I need to learn, like asking for help like mm-hmm. stuff like that like if I wasn't doing this I wouldn't learn that lesson you no. know and like just you would always be like the best all the time right, right. exactly especially like compared to like where I used to work like they all had bachelor's degrees they didn't know what the hell they were doing I had a master's degree I like literally knew what I was doing because it was something that I like so mm-hmm. now it's like well we all are the same qualified and you know we all kind of the agency that I work for is fairly new. Okay. Um, well, not new, but, like, they hired a bunch of people at the same time. So, okay. a lot of my coworkers are also new as well. So, so everyone is learning. Everyone, I will say probably 50% okay. of people are learning. Um, and there's, there are some senior people there. But, like, as a new person, you always feel that awkward, like, they probably going to feel like, that's not my job to tell you. You know, yeah, so yeah. I always feel awkward about that. But um, it's coming along. I think I'm where I'm supposed to be. I think I'm learning. Um, 
I'm excited about it. I'm hopefully like six months from now I can look back and be like I was sweating over nothing. Like right, right. now look at me like I'm a whole OG out here. Like <laughs> cause I feel a like child OG. welfare like six six months in the same child welfare position, like that's ten years. That is. <laughs> like if so, you last two years, you've done a long time. Like you you are the OG. So yeah. that's that's the goal. I wanna be able to like like all the learning moments, I'm just like really reflective of it. Like, okay, this is a moment right here. Let me just, you know, be mindful of this because I'll be able to look back and say, Oh, okay, that's where I was and this is where I am now mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, rock star <laughs> no <laughs> out here killing shit. Right, out here killing it, you know. So I, I think that, you know, it's it's coming along. Okay. I I think career wise, I feel like I definitely would not have expected me to be like here like yeah. as like a bad little teenager like so <laughs> there's always running away or like so it's just sometimes I really have those moments like I'm responsible for like some shit like <laughs> people trust me it, right like so I, I have those moments often because it's like you know um one thing I'm very passionate about is like changing the narrative of foster care. So mm-hmm. people hear, you know, oh, they're a foster kid. They, you know, it's all negative stuff. Right. But people see, like, I share my foster care story, like, at literally every chance I get because I feel like I'm never going to shut up. Like, so what do you think people, when people hear foster care, what do you think they think? Um, I think they think like dropping out of school, bad kids, right. uh, criminal records, things like that. But they don't see, like, yeah, those things happen. That that does happen. But, like, they don't see the kid that graduated high school. Right. That got their master's, master's, I mean, bachelor's, and then they're mad. Like, they don't see those things. So, I think, for me, that's something I'm really passionate about. It's, like, what can I do to change the narrative? And I know, like, now the direct practice work, work I'm doing, like, that's not what, that's, like, not my end goal. Like, I really want to do more, like, policy work mm-hmm. and things like that to really change to really have an effect right to change how the system works because like if you have like rules like some places some places you kids age out of care at 18 and other places like dc they age out at 21 okay so like why isn't it universal because if i think about myself like i was not ready to age out of care at 18 i wasn't ready at 21 Mm -hmm. but i definitely wasn't ready at 18 so like things like that is like my end goal of like the impact I could see myself having but I just want people to know like kids in foster care they get degrees um they have successful careers yeah they you know have criminal records and run you know all in the negative negative stuff of course because you know those statistics wouldn't exist but there are also so much more positive like I know a bunch of people who used to be in foster care that their lives are like a complete 360 and that's the stuff that I want to like put on display like we need to put some billboards up or something so that's what I'm very that would like, be dope I think like you know did you like some did you know about foster care or something like that like that's really what I am passionate about is just like when people hear foster care they won't just think negative they'll right. also think like oh kids in foster care they do x y and z you right, know right. not just the negative stereotypical things that you hear or like all the negative things you hear about their parents right which is actually very like 
going into the, my current position, I didn't really realize how much of my work will be with birth parents. Mm. And so I'm, I have like a complete different like appreciation just because, I mean, in all fairness, like birth parents don't get treated fair in the system. Like right. once you do something that they determine you neglected your child and they have to be removed, it's like you're looked at as this terrible person. Right. Instead of somebody who needs support. So... And if there was support in place, then they you might not be have in that situation. Exactly, yep. exactly. So that's what I'm really like. I mean, when I was in care, I had a great relationship with my biological family. Like, I literally saw them every single day. Like, you know, so I didn't really realize, like, some people, that's not everybody's, you know, story. Right, like, right. I have a lot of kids on my caseload who I take to parent-child visits and stuff like that. And it really just makes me, like, feel a little sad, like... This wasn't my like this wasn't my experience, so right. I didn't even know that this was a thing. Like mm-hmm. you know, I didn't even know that you know, some parents you know don't care. Like once their kid's gone, they like they feel relief, but other parents are like trying their best to get kids. Yeah, to get kids. So I feel like that definitely this role has really taught me more. I guess about foster care because I felt like um, I was in the system like. You not like you knew me. it all, right? I knew yeah. like you're not gonna tell me nothing about foster care that I don't know because I've been in the system for like 17 years. Like right. you're not about to tell me nothing, but I am like, like every day I feel like I'll just be like, dang, all of this was <laughs> like all of these entities, like yeah, all of this, all of the behind the scenes, right? Yeah. Exactly. It's like yeah, I know what it is feels like to be that kid, which I feel like makes my work more effective. Like, I can work with my kids in a way that other social workers can't work mm-hmm. with their kids. That's, that's, a, that's um, a fact. But I didn't realize, like, the actual responsibilities and stuff like that. So, I think all of this kind of, like, my experience um, in care now being, you know, on the other side, it just builds me up for what I want to do, like, my overall goal about changing the narrative and just having some impact on that. So... That's awesome. <laughs> oh, I'm so proud of you. Don't you go there. So, <laughs> so what we did talk about in January, but I did, I like just came into my head was January was the first time we met in person. Yes. Oh, yes, it was. <laughs> and we've been friends for like five, five years. years. Right. <laughs> right. So we met through a, a weight loss challenge called Fuck Being Fat. And we ha- were each in, we were we were in the same group. Like, we were in groups, we were in the same group, and, like, our group became, like, this really, like, tight little family, like, sister community. For a while, like, we still talk not as often as we used to, but a lot of us have met each other um, and stay in touch. And so January was the first time we met, and then you met another um, woman, Keisha, and we, like, all hung out, and it was, like, really cool. Um... But I feel like things are so different. I for both of us. But like life was very different five years ago. It's like <laughs> Man, life yeah. i and, and so and like <laughs> I'm laughing again. Okay, I'm gonna let you go. <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, say as like I told you that you can say as much or as little as you want to. But I feel like you and I hear some of the same things of like, oh, you're so strong, or like, oh, I wouldn't believe that if I like met you about your life. And it's just like amazing to like see you five years later, like, look at you out here, fucking with a master's, <laughs> got a job and shit, and in charge of people. Like, for me, that's like so big. 
And I, I, it has to be like that for you. Like, I know you have to feel like that for yourself. That's, yes, I do. That's why I said, like, I, I feel like I can't, like, people, like, trust me with shit. Like, <laughs> I'm responsible for things. Like, so it's just a lot. Like, when, like, I feel like even, even when I was going through stuff, people really didn't know, like, all of what I was going right. through. Because so, like, you only tell people what you want. Right, exactly. And, you know, social media make everybody look like they're living their best life. <laughs> <laughs> so, I feel like... Um, so, yeah, we met in the challenge five years ago. That was, like, what? 2012, maybe? It was 2013. 2013, yeah. So, we met... 2013, <laughs> 2013 was when my life started to change. <laughs> we met in the... That was, our, that was my very first challenge. I feel like that challenge group... All of y'all still my sisters to yeah. this day because y'all see me going through some rough stuff. So let's let's see. We when I when we first started that very first challenge, I was in North Carolina, which is where I went to school, where I went to college at. Um, and I was in a show, a homeless shelter, and I was like, I'm gonna change my life around. I'm gonna join this challenge, like, cause of course, like you see stuff online. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm gonna just try it out, like, cause I was already like, I just felt really bad, and I was in like a really funky place, and I was like, well, if I try this weight loss challenge, you know, I will feel better. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna do that. But it was really more so like just being in a group with you guys. Everybody like incurred like once you know once it really like i'm like okay y'all this is what i'm going through i'm living in this shelter i you know don't have a job i got you know recently just got convicted of some things like my life is in shambles but i'm gonna be in this challenge with y'all and i guess it kind of for me y'all were like my accountability people because Mm -hmm. even my family didn't really know all of what i was going through so i just felt like Every, you know, couple days, I'll get the little messages in the group chat, like, Key, you okay? What you doing? Because I'll be going go. Because when you be silent, it was like, is anybody here for my... What's going on? Well, she said that yesterday she was going to do this. And it's like, they'd be like, quiet. I don't think we ever talked about losing weight in that group. We did not. But we did really, lose some weight, though. We did lose some weight. We, I think I lost, like, 21 pounds that I first was challenge. living my best life in that first challenge. I was challenge. like, oh, okay. I was, like the things that I were doing, it was so crazy. I had a whole gym membership. Like <laughs> it was so crazy, but like I felt really good about myself. Yeah. And that's what I wanted, you know. I guess that was my like goal of the challenge. It was like, okay, I'm gonna do something specifically for me that makes me not feel like I'm living in this homeless shelter with all of these, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I feel out of place because at the time I think I was like maybe twenty two, twenty three. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, homeless shelter is all older women who, you know, have been through some things and it's just it's not a a good place for somebody who is young you know it's very traumatizing to be a young person in that environment so I was like what can I do that will make me feel like I'm not here and I felt that way but the challenge is like you know you check in you do these little things you know Mm -hmm. it's like an escape so you know every day I'm working towards something because it was like I wasn't in school you know I got kicked out of school out of my bachelor's program um and I was literally in the shelter. Like, during the day, you can't stay in the shelter, so you yeah. got to go somewhere. So I was like, well, I'm going to get You'd be gym. like, I think I'm going to be there tonight. We're like, what, what? what's going on? And if we hear from you, it'd be like, we'll check in tomorrow. Right, Everybody, like, right. get off the chat at, like, 10, 11 o'clock. Like, key? Okay. <laughs> and that, for me, that was so much in that time because I knew, like, even though I didn't know, you know, day-to-day what was going, what I was doing with myself, like, I just felt like, oh, my God, some 
these people out here who I don't even know, like they care. Like yeah. they want to know, make sure I'm all right. If I even go ghost, you know, can't yeah. pay the phone bill, can't put no minutes on it, can't get no Wi-Fi, things like that. Like. Yeah. There are still people who care, so that was it's really, like that was like an eight week challenge, and like that those like relationships are it's so it crazy because then you know when the challenge get ready to get over, everybody's like let's create a separate you yeah. know let's create the extra group, and that really like for that whole year, um, I was living in a shelter for about a year, and then even after that, I was like living in like rental renting rooms and situations like mm-hmm. that, but I think I got more out of the challenge than I thought I would. I thought I would just go in there like, yeah, I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to feel good. I'm Just a distraction, basically. Yeah. And, like, I got, like, a whole friendship. And, like, yeah. it, was, it was, like, way oh, more. Oh, shout out to Zai. <laughs> FBF was... Fitness on Instagram. <laughs> Come on, plug. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was way more than I, than I thought it would be. And it just really... I guess that kind of really got me through it and really like you know being in a group with y'all I eventually got back in school mm-hmm. I finished my bachelor's yeah that was exciting that was very exciting and I felt like y'all was right there with me like it was so crazy and then you know I went on to get my master's and like I'm telling y'all everything like I'm applying for this program yeah I don't got like even like some of the ladies in the group they will send me money like how much is the application like it was yeah. so it was just a family like that really encouraged me to like push for, forward and mm-hmm. be where I am now. Then I got my like very first apartment and everybody's like, "Yay, kid!" Like it was just so <laughs> it was so crazy. Like the the this little hood apartment in the hood, <laughs> but I, you couldn't tell me nothing. Like it was it was yours. It was mine. Yep. I had the key. I ain't had to look in the white face when I woke up in yep. the morning. I yep. had, like it was just so. You like, knew that you had to get go back there in the in the nighttime, right? Exactly. Yeah. I knew I was. I had a bed. Like mm-hmm. it was so real. So I felt like that really like encouraged me. And then from there, it was like it was up. It just like, took I mean, off. Yeah. You know, I had some hiccups along the way. Some you know, life be lifing. So, <laughs> life be lifing. Life so some stuff happened, but because that's just what it does. That you know, yeah. as soon as you get ready to go good, it's like, oh, let me just throw this in there and see how you gonna act. Right. And so, what have you learned on? these other lessons that have been thrown at you yep yeah. and how you gonna recover so right, i right. felt like you know some stuff happened but eventually you know i finished my master i i got out of the shelter situation i was in the shelter for about a year then i was doing a little room renting situation for about a year and i finally got like enough money a, a decent paying job i was still you know work i was working at a factory 12 hours just yo the worst I would just your post would just be you drinking coffee, and I was like, "It's four in the morning." Like, I what live the fuck is going on coffee. Yes. Yeah. So when I first got to the shelter, you know, like some shelters, you know, they have supports and stuff. So they had these people that will come in and, and help you get a job. Basically, like mm-hmm. you know, if you want to work, we want we gonna put you to work, even if you got a criminal background. Because my thing was like, I just got you know charges. Like I can't find a job. I can't. Yeah. Everybody's gonna do a background check, but they like they work with you they got you the job so you start off like as a temp agency mm-hmm. and of course when you work in temp people treat you like shit yeah like you just attempt <laughs> you yeah. just attempt and then i was working in a production factory where they did like um it was a printing factory so we would do like the scum work as a temp but i was like i set a goal i was like i'm a the company is going to hire me within a year mm-hmm. i was a temp for two years <laughs> but i did eventually get hired i got hired um through the actual company that i was temping for then I think at that time I was going so originally when I started I was working 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. 
Then, I, and I was doing, I was finishing my bachelor's. Most of my classes were online. I had one class that I had to go to one person, uh-huh. but I worked it out with the teacher like, bruh, I got to work. So it, I worked it out and then I finished it and then I started my master's, but my master's, I couldn't do like I did that in person. So I switched my shift to 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. When I say doing, and I did advanced standing for my master's, so those that are social workers, you know, if you have your your BSW, you can get your MSW in one year. Yes, I if wish you, I'd have done that. If you are, like, you have to have a certain GPA to get right. accepted to it. Right. So, I did that. Everybody's like, do it in a year, it'll be great. That was the worst year of my life. Because <laughs> it's a lot of work. It was, and it was a lot they of They cram a two-year program into a year. Into one year. Yeah. And then, on top of that, I had three jobs. I work. How, wait, wait, wait. How? I had three. As years. someone who's been, and I went to school super part time. I took me four years to get my master's because I'd be like, what are you telling me I can't work now because I got to do field placement? Well, that doesn't work because I don't live that kind of life. So uh, I'm going to take two classes right now. See? So, like, I took for a long time. I don't even understand how you did that in a year and had three jobs. I didn't, when, so you didn't sleep? I didn't sleep. Okay. When I tell you. Because like, there's people, no hours left. People, right. <laughs> people think I exaggerated when I say I did not. Do my master's program, I literally slept every 72 hours. Because, like, I'm not playing. Like, I would, like, say, for instance, it's Monday, right? Mm-hmm. I have my internship. We're going to start Monday morning. So, I did my internship 9 a.m. Like, say, for instance, because the factory was, like, three days on, two days off, some weird shit like that. Okay. So, the weekend, I was off. Monday morning, I would go to my internship, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Then, I would go right to work. At the time, I wasn't driving. And if you know anything about North Carolina, the bus system sucks. So, it literally took me from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. to get to the to the oh, factory. God. So, from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., I was at the internship. 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., I was at um, the, factory. the factory. Then, the next morning, I would go... Tuesday morning, I would go back to my internship. So, between Monday... I had not been home. I would leave... When I left Monday morning to go to the internship, I wouldn't go back home until Wednesday. Like, literally... <laughs> literally... Like, people think I was, like, exaggerate. I literally slept every 72 hours in, in grass. What was on your mind? Like, were you just like, this is just my life. I just have to do this for a year. Like, it'll be done soon. Or, were you, like, what... what, like, what was your thought? Because I think I'd be like, I'm so tired and I can't. I was tired. Not. I was tired at first, but then I like you get accustomed to it. Like once you you, if you do something enough, like originally I was like, it's no way I'm gonna be able to do this. Mm-hmm. But I'm also the kind of person that like when I say I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do everything in my possibility mm-hmm. to do it. So right. I was like, I'm gonna get like. I've always been like, I'm gonna get my bachelor's. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get my master's. Like that's always what I've been. So. I would just be like, this is what, <laughs> this is what you got to do. This is my life right now. Like, so, yeah, I had, so I had the factory. I had my internship, my field placement, and my master's program. And I also uh, was working part-time at my BSW internship. So, they eventually, they hired me. I didn't, they didn't hire me right away. It just was so happened. They hired me right when I started my master's program, which I was like, how I'm gonna do all of this, right? But and I you was, said okay. I did because I'm a whole fool. Like <laughs> I was thinking about it. Like like this is how I was thinking about it. Like my BSW. I was thinking about it from a long term standpoint. Okay. Like if I, how good does that look on your resume if you go from a, your internship to now a paid employee? It looks and great. so I was like, great. this factory ain't nothing. Like no one gives. A, yeah, no one cares about yeah. this factory. This is what I want to do in social work. So this is the experience. So I literally like those things. Literally were like, all right, 
we about to do it. <laughs> Don't know how, but we about to do it. And so I did, like, I did that up into my last uh, semester in grad school. So I started grad school in the summertime. So we did the summer course, mm -hmm. we did the fall, and then we did the spring. So right before the spring, I quit the factory. And that okay. was the best feeling ever. <laughs> oh, my God. I straight ghosted them. And it felt so good. Wait, you didn't, you didn't I, tell them? You was, no. I clocked out. At, no, so this is what pissed me off. Like, I'm the type of person that when I don't like something... Like, if I don't like the way some, somebody's treating me, if I don't feel right, like, I'm I'm gone. Like, I'm gotcha. not going to put up with this. So, gotcha. the factory is kind of like, once you clock in for them 12 hours, you there, you know, unless, you know, a machine eats you up or some shit. <laughs> but you are there. So, what, it really pissed me off because, like, I will work my 12-hour shift no matter what, no matter if I had a paper due, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No. And this was 12 hours standing on my feet. Like, Damn. it was very grueling. That's a lot. It was very grueling. And then one day, one night, I didn't feel good. I went to my supervisor. I was like, I really don't feel good. I really want to go home. This motherfucker told me no. Mm. So I was like, okay, cool. I got a trick for y'all. <laughs> 7 a.m., I clocked out. I blocked his number. I blocked everybody at the factory's number. And I never went back. And that shit felt so good. <laughs> <laughs> and this was like three months before graduation i was like the whole night so it probably was like 3 a.m when i asked him that and he said no uh -huh. and then i didn't clock out to seven so the whole night i'm scheming in my mind like <laughs> how can i not come back here thing, what y'all don't know is i'm about to have a whole master's degree so fuck y'all like like in my head that's what i'm doing and so right. i was like okay cool because you had grinded enough right exactly yeah, and yeah. plus i had the part-time gig at the time i was um at the time, I was living with roommates, so I didn't really have a, like, I had money. Like, I could afford it. And then, yeah. you know, grad school loans are, like, grad school refunds are, like, like I bought a whole car with my grad school <laughs> refund. Like, grad school refunds are life. So, I was like, you know what? I could thug it out on some ramen until, you know, I graduate. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, that's the conversation I'm having in my mind as I'm knowing. From I'm three to seven. From three to seven. Wow. When I clocked out at seven, I... <laughs> I freaking clocked out, and the next day I was off. Like we were on the two days off thing, so okay. I was like, "They touched up now. They ain't about to see me." I clocked out. I blocked my supervisor's number. I blocked the main factory number. I blocked all the coworkers that I was the numbers that I had. Like, don't <laughs> ain't talk. nobody gonna find ain't me. Ain't nobody gonna find me. I unfriended the ones I was on Facebook. <laughs> like I, I went that hard. Like y'all not ever gonna know where this girl went. She went into witness protection. Like. <laughs> And that's and that so then and that's when I really start to feel like my life is changing because mm. like I don't have to work at this factory no yeah. more for bare like I don't even know like it was almost I like was, um what's the word I'm trying to think of like um liberating yes yes it was because I was working at this factory I don't even think I was making ten dollars an hour wow. like I think I was because I worked night shift. So, you know, oh, the so shift like differential. The yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, so I was basically working for nothing. And I was working hard for nothing. Like, I was working. Really and they hard. told you you couldn't go home. And this man told me, this white man told me I couldn't <laughs> go home. See, that's why I feel some type of way about them clear folk. But I just. That's a, Don't no, get me started. That lady on the news set me off yesterday. <laughs> that's another conversation. That's a but whole nother podcast. That's a whole nother podcast. So, like, I just really felt like at that point. I could say that like yeah. I had come I had achieved so much that I could say that like not only you know have I you know I'm not long no longer living in the show so I'm not just just you know random foster kid like I had achieved so much that I was like 
I can have a choice. Like, I don't have to keep putting up with this, bro. Bye. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I'm gone. So then I left and I went and I was just doing my part time and my internship. And actually, that actually ended up working in my favor because when I started the spring semester, um, my advisor was like, you got to do something or you're not going to get your degree. Like, you, you're you slacking, basically. Oh, because your grades. Because my grades gotcha. were slipping. Like, with advanced standard, you can't get Cs. So, I was, like, on the verge of a C okay. for two classes. And my advisor was like, I know you got a lot. Because she knew, like, she knew I was, like, literally sleeping every 72 hours. So, she, and I was like, mm. that was God because, like, had I not quit that job, I probably wouldn't have my degree. Right. right. And I would have gave up a degree for some barely, you know, some barely livable wage. Like, so I really felt like at that point that was like, that oh, happened for a reason. You happened yep. for a reason. And it was like a moment where I can choose like which one I'm going to choose. Like, yeah, it's going to be rough. But at the same time, I've been, I been rough. I lived in a whole shelter. You know what I'm saying? I grew up in You're like, this shit is easy. <laughs> this is nothing. So I was like, we just going to thug it out. It was like, it was January. I was graduating in May. And I had to, for my program, we had to do a master's research project, which is basically like a mini dissertation gotcha. when you get your PhD. Like, it's okay. literally that much work. So my advisor's like, you slipping on this master's research project and you got to do something. And I was like, don't even worry, boy. I just quit that job. Girl. You about to, give me about a week. We about to, to get all these A's. <laughs> we about to bust out all these A's. I was like, give me a week to catch up on some sleep. And it's on. So I, I just felt like it happened for a reason. Then I got my master's. I finished my master's. I was still in North Carolina at that time. And I was like, I want to come home. Like, I don't. Yeah. The only reason why I stayed in North Carolina was so long was because of the legal situation that I was in. I couldn't leave. So I was like, I don't even have to there was another moment like I don't even have to do this like mm-hmm. I'm going home like I literally did not even have a whole job I packed my car up and was like I'm coming home yep. like, I remember you were like I'm moving back home y'all we was like wait what <laughs> housework we was like like tomorrow like what <laughs> I promise you I like I had packed the car up before graduation like that's how serious <laughs> I was like mom when I like I graduated in May my lease ended um, in June I didn't come home until September from June to September I lived in my car and I was like Lord I don't know what I'm about to do but I knew I didn't want to sign another lease because I knew I didn't want to stay in North Carolina Exactly. I knew I didn't want to like go in another rooming situation because that was dead and I did like sometimes I would stay in the hotel but like that's all your money going to it you know that's mm-hmm. all your money going to it so I was like well and me and my YouTube man like <laughs> I was just YouTubing some shit and I was like people legit live in their cars so I was like can't say I haven't thought about it <laughs> I'm gonna be real honest I was like I mean it ain't that bad how bad could it be like so and then I was in North Carolina so you know it's it's like the climax is different down there people don't mess with you yeah so like I really in New York I might get fucked you up you going to get fucked up <laughs> so I was like alright bet this is another moment of me like for me choosing stuff I was like I don't know you know how I'm gonna get home Mm -hmm. I just know I'm gonna get home and so I'm taking this leap of faith and I really felt like that was like me my faith being tested because it was like this is something I'm praying for I want to come home yeah I don't know were you still working at the time yeah I was working a part time so you still have money right yeah I was working a part time at the time and so I was I was just doing a part time. It was some talk about my MSW internship they wanted to hire me, but that didn't work out. And I was like, part of me was like, I don't even like y'all for real like that. Because <laughs> like, so like, you really just wanted to go home. Because I really wanted to go mm-hmm. home. So I literally. So nothing probably would have sounded as good as, as, good as coming, coming home. home. Yep. Yeah. So I literally, I graduated in May. June, I went on a cruise, lived my best life. 
<laughs> before you know living your best life was a thing came back and I have an apartment to go to. Wow. And I was like, dang, it's real. Like I already like I had already moved out of my apartment before I went on my cruise. Gotcha. And like part of me was like, I'm not gonna go on the cruise because like but then I was just like, I earned it. Like I graduated with my master's. Yeah. Like I earned it. I'm going on a cruise. We're gonna figure it out when we get back. Mm-hmm. So I came back. I still had my part-time job, but I didn't like I didn't have nowhere to go. Right. So I just thugged it out and I was like like actively looking for work like I would drive to DC every week for interviews like I was coming back and forth Mm -hmm. back and forth and I had this raggedy old car that thing was a little Craigslist find that I that I bought off Craigslist that needed all the like it was so crazy like just thinking about it like how far is the drive uh four and a half hours so and like if you I mean like nine hours a day is a lot. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because I would do it round trip. Back. I would yeah, do it round yeah. trip. Like, I would take out, and I was cool I remember with, your videos. You'd be, like, on 95. I'm like, where, you where going? is she going? <laughs> yep. I would literally. Job hunting. I'm like, oh, okay. Job hunting another yes. state. <laughs> so, I did, I did. I would come home literally every week. And then my part-time, I was getting kind of aggravated with them. So, I was like, yeah, I know I'm about to go home. Like, I know I am. And then I was cool with my supervisor at my part-time. So, I'd be like, I'm sick today, girl. See you tomorrow. Like, <laughs> whole time, I'm driving away to D.C. for an interview. And she was, like, she knew. So, she yeah. was cool. Like, that's good when you have a good supervisor that you can be real and honest with. Mm-hmm. When you're looking for a new job, they know. Right. She knew. She knew. She was like. Like, you ain't never been this thing right. before. Something ain't adding up. And, like, she just she just knew. But she was cool. Like, we're friends. Like, yeah. so it, it really worked out. And so I actually ended up. I came back home last September. Actually, it's about to be a year that I've been wow. home. That's crazy. Thinking about it. So I came home last September. I came home to do this little bullshit job that like literally the first job that offered me I was like yes because mm-hmm. <laughs> it got you here right I'll be there Monday like <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so I, I came home I did the little job um for about six months and then that's when I started applying for the job that I'm in now and it just like when I decided to come home everything worked out so like I was like I'm coming home I don't know where I'm gonna live at <laughs> but I'm coming home but you also like and I have not known where I was gonna live at before and my I figured it out life, it right, 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 right. And so if you've gotten this many years exactly and that's yeah, that's yeah, yeah. and that, and that, and that, was, that was my logic like I mean what could like think it would get worse than living in the shelter like right. and living in your car and living right. in group like right. so like i'm not even worried about where i'm gonna live at because right. i'm gonna be all right on that aspect do you so, think it was faith like it was like leaping out on faith or is it like something bigger than that for you i, I think it was just like this is something that i really pray for like even when i before i got my master's before i got my bachelor's like when my when I got kicked out of my ba- my bachelor's program, I was like, I really want to go home. Like mm-hmm. I ha- I hate North Carolina anyway. <laughs> I don't even like this place, but now I'm forced to be here. Right. So like my whole mindset was like, I want to go home. The first chance I get, I'm going home. And so then it was like all of a sudden I got my master's, and it was like you literally have no other ties here. Like I could have came home when I got my bachelor's degree. But I didn't because I wanted to go back to the same university that I got kicked out of because mm. I just felt like nan and a boo boo. Like I'm gonna still get my <laughs> degree from y'all. <laughs> so I just there go that stubbornness, right? So I was like, oh, I came here to go to this institution to get a degree from this institution. I'm not leaving here without that degree. Gotcha. So I, that's why I stayed for my master's. And then it was like 
I finished the masters. There's literally nothing keeping me here. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm like, I felt like that was kind of like the prayer answer. Like you said, you wanted to go home. Here's your opportunity. If you don't, then you know that's you're not trusting what you you know you're not trusting not having no faith. So yeah. I do think it was faith. It was like, and then every aspect of the way I just kept like trusting that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, yeah. even when I didn't know how things would work out, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So I would come home. Um, I was, you know, blessed enough to be able to have relationships with people that I was in touch with when I was in foster care. Like my former foster parents, they were very supportive of me when I was like, I want to come home and yeah. I don't know how I'm going to get here. I don't know where I'm going to work. I don't know none of this stuff, but this is what I want to do. And so they helped me. They helped me get the job. They let me come home and live with them. I'm still living with them mm-hmm. a whole year later. Like, so I feel but like, that's like that's a true blessing. That, exactly. And that, and that's another thing about the foster, my foster care experience that I share with people is like, the people who are my biggest supporters are people who I met when I was in foster care. I was just this little foster child that they was like, bruh, this little girl bad. Like, <laughs> she, she always cussing somebody You're out. You're like, not all foster kids are bad, but I was bad. No, like, no. What I want people to, like, yes, foster kids are bad as hell, <laughs> but we are not just bad. Like, right. we get whole degrees and shit. Like, yeah. so I feel like that's the part that I want people to see is my story is that I came to foster care when I was like eight I probably was younger because honestly I only ever remember being in care so I probably was younger and then I experienced all these things when I was in care you know I was in hospitalized in psych wars and all kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. that people like expect to happen from foster kids Mm -hmm. but even in spite of all of that I got a bachelor's degree I think the statistics say like something like less than three percent of foster kids get bachelor's degrees wow. there is no statistics about master's That's, degrees you it's know only three percent again bachelor's right so they don't even they probably don't even look further than that exactly wow. and so that's why i want like that's my whole that's i guess that's my whole like yeah all of this stuff happened but but like look at the outcome like look at the end result yeah. like this is where we started this is all the things that happened but this is what the outcome looks yeah. like so that's Aww. really <laughs> <laughs> because like I really am like look at you I gotta see her face it's <laughs> <laughs> like really like I don't like people go through things all the time and, and then who am I to tell somebody it's a small thing a big thing or whatever but like you just hear these stories and you're like get get over that <laughs> like you, you, you gonna be okay you will really be okay I feel like I ain't gonna say nothing because you know to the universe funny like that but I feel like <laughs> there is not much more that could happen to me at this point where I would feel like oh my god this is the end of the world because I felt like that so, so much times, so yeah. many times yeah. like so many times when I was just a teenager like oh my god this is the worst group home ever my life sucks or these are the worst <laughs> and then you ever. go to another one uh, right and it just gets worse yeah, and yeah. then like yeah. <laughs> college, I've stopped saying like this things the worst get worse right because the universe is funny the universe so be I, like here you go yeah, let me just slide this in and you, you like, know what? so I feel yeah. like I really feel like it's just it's it's not like I've been through so much that I know that I'm going to be all right. Like, I know that whatever happens is just, one, I just have to just strategize. Like, that's all. Like, when you do things in a panic, like, 
stuff just <laughs> ends up getting worse. <laughs> like, when you be like, oh my God, this happened, I need to do this. Like, say for instance, if, you know, when I wanted to come home, when I got kicked out of my grad program, I mean, my bachelor's program, if I would have just came home, how much negative, you know, yeah. side, you know, what would have been the negative consequences of that versus me saying... Do you think you would have got your master's? No, I don't think I... That's why... That's what I'm saying. Like, I yeah. don't... After the fact, like, I learned... So, when I was... When I first got kicked out of the program, I was on probation. And I was like, you know, that's the reason why I had to stay in North Carolina, because I was on probation. Then, after I finished my probation, somebody was like, oh, you know, you could have just transferred that to D.C., and I was like, see, God didn't want me to know that. Yeah. Because if I would have transferred it to D.C., I don't think that I would be, you know, where I am today. Yeah. So I it would have taken some of the struggle out. Right, exactly. And, it's and the like, learning that the came from the, it. The, yeah. like the, yeah. the learning that came from it and the just kind of resiliency that you build because people don't care. Like, <laughs> nobody nobody oh, really yeah. cares what, what you've been through. Like, they don't really care. They'd be like, like, oh, that's so crazy. That's so sad. Anyway, like... Right, but you can you get out the way, though? Like... <laughs> So, I felt like it taught me that because, like, before that, I was like, you know, oh, you know, people are going to, you know, I'm a foster kid. People, you know, feel sorry for me. They give me free shit, stuff like that. Yeah. But then, like, it really took me, like, I guess, owning my own story. Like, yeah, these Mm. things happen to me, but, like, I'm good. Like, (laughs) I'm good. And I think that that's, like, what I want, like... That's like secretly what I want for all the kids in my case. Yeah. That's like secretly to what I want. To own their own story. To own your and, own Because it's yeah. so empowering it when is. you like realize like. And I still have like. I need therapy. Like <laughs> I still have a long way to go. But I feel like I'm at a point where I can say you know. This happened to me. But I'm alright. You know. Right. And sometimes I'm not all right, but that's all right. You right, know, right, so right. I feel like that's part of the that's part of the process. So that's like my overarching like if I had to give an elevated speech of like what I want. Like I want kids of foster care to like own their story. I want them to know that regardless of, you know, what people classify you as, like you're good. Like even like the the best part for me was like when I got my current position that I'm doing now, I had to do, um, like, this child welfare training. Mm-hmm. I did the child welfare training at the agency where I was in care at. And wow. my old social worker, the well, I had a lot of social workers, but the one that I had the longest came up to me, and she was like, oh, my God, what are you doing here? And I told her, you know, we started Did you remember talking. her? Yeah, I remember her, and I was, like, low-key trying to avoid her. <laughs> but she came up to me, and we just had a conversation, and I was like, yeah, this is what I've been up to. This is, I mean, she already knew I was a social worker if I'm in this training right so she already knew I had achieved some success but like just really having that conversation really made me feel like I did it like (laughs) and she was just like oh my gosh I'm so proud of you and like it just really like it was a really good like moment that I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing because I could have literally did anything and I think that initially I tried to like not do social work yeah <laughs> Don't we all try to not do something? I, I was to, like, I'm gonna be a lawyer. Girl, bye. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, that was the universe confirmation of yeah. like, this is what you're supposed to do. And now I feel, now I'm looking at it like, okay, what's the next step? Like, I know that I'm doing a direct practice experience. I'm gonna do that, you know, for however long that, you know, I don't go crazy. <laughs> That's how, but I know, like, okay, this is the next step. The right. next step is like, really what's gonna help me to actually achieve my, you know, vision that I see is, which is changing the narrative, 
but having this experience like so I want to be able to have a little piece of everything like I was in the care so I can talk to you like I can talk to my kids like now I do talk to my kids in a way that other people can't talk to them like especially like I think the hardest part for me is like when my when I moved kids to a new home, mm-hmm. that's very hard for me because, like, I remember very much so being yeah. that kid that was like the social worker come up at the door, like it's time to go. Like, so I just have real conversations, and that's the part where I feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Like, I have real, especially my older kids. Like, I'm a hundred percent real with them. Like, you 18, the system don't care about you on your 21st birthday. They they are going to be relieved. Like, wow. so I feel like that's. That's how I knew that, you know, like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Because it's like, oh, they think, oh, you're the social worker. You don't know nothing. I'd be like, well, actually, boo-boo. Like, (laughs) I kind of do, girl. So, those are the moments. And then when they, when they really, like, I kind of say things without saying it. Yeah. And let them kind of fill in the pieces. Absolutely. And then they be like what like it just so because they like oh i know what you're talking about right uh-huh. exactly i would like i've been there right there like and they will just when they realize this i'm not coming to them as a social worker at that point i'm coming in from them as somebody who's been there and look at what i have achieved so you can too like it's important it, yeah. you can definitely achieve yet yeah, it girl it's the seven foster home you just disrupted i didn't moved you two times in the last two weeks like but guess what I've been there. And then, like, when they put those connections together, it's so... That really confirms that I'm supposed to be doing what yeah. I'm supposed to be doing. Because how many... I mean, I'm sure, like, there are other... so Like, I know there are other social workers who've been in foster care. But, like, really, how many social workers are doing the direct practice that actually have the experience of the Probably youth that enough. they are serving? Probably not enough. Right. So, yeah. I feel like that's my, like, expertise in a way. And... That's like a different way of representation matters. Right, exactly. Like, because you you can tell these kids all day and blue in the face, like, it's okay, it's going to be all right. You want to, you know, it's it's fine to work out. But being able to say, like, I've been there, I know for a fact that it will work out because look at me. Yeah. And they kind of put the pieces together and they're like, oh my God, this person, you know, she's she's experienced some of what I experienced and she's successful. And maybe successful them is not being a social worker, but it's just knowing that like foster care is not the end. Right. And that's like my, that's my goal, you know? <laughs> the end. Goodbye. Turn the <laughs> <turn laughs> podcast off. <laughs> you can't just Oh, my bad. No, but, well, I will. And I will say thank you so much for doing this two times. Bruh. If it don't record this time. It will. We put positive it's going to, it, it, it's, it's, it's Y'all are listening to it, so it's recorded. Right. Um, let us know what you think. But thank you. Yes, let us know what you think. Do you want the people to reach out if they want to reach out? They can reach out. How can they find you? I'm on Instagram. <laughs> Pronounless key, so like you know, pronoun P R O N O U N L E S S key K E E. Okay, put it in the description or something. Don't y'all do that? It's like the link down below. That's on YouTube. Oh, oh. You, and you know that I do not do the technology for oh. this podcast. I don't know how these things happen. Oops.
Oops, my bad. Well, maybe. But we'll, we'll, we'll get. We'll maybe we could do that. Like this is a plug for that to be in the, in the description. <laughs> so this episode will be released September second. So it's September second, y'all. Um, and the next episode will be September sixteenth. Thank you so much. Thank you for letting me into your home and into your life. I'm so proud of you. And Girl. I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you everybody for listening to Yay, the Joy Social Podcast. Contact me uh, by email, thejoyofsocialwork at gmail.com. I was almost like, that's not the email address, but it is J-O-I. So, see you later. Bye.